Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Hey, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. This week, our guest is Travis Smith. Travis is the founder and CEO of TriveVest. He started his career with Morgan Stanley, but realized the most direct path to true wealth and financial freedom is in the private markets. He is now a partner in several investor groups that he calls Tribes where he invests in single-family rentals, multifamily, and commercial real estate. However, his favorite investor group is still the one that enabled him to own vacation homes and even a racehorse with his brothers. Now his obsession is to level the playing field, and he knows firsthand that forming investor groups is the great equalizer. As a result, he built TribeVest, an online platform where people can assemble their tribe, align, form, and operate their own investor group. So with that, I'm excited to welcome to the show, Travis Smith. Travis, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Jacob, glad to be here. Thanks for that awesome introduction. Yeah, it's our pleasure, Travis. Well, hey, before we roll into all things kind of fintech today and how that can help real estate investors just that are listening to this show right now, tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, and kind of what drew you into this world. Yeah, you bet. Uh, probably a lot like uh, a lot of your listeners. Uh, I went, you know, got my degree in finance, was recruited by Morgan Stanley and trained in New York City. My dream was to become a financial advisor, stockbroker, because I was very interested in building wealth for myself. And the idea of helping others build wealth uh, was very appealing to me as a career. Uh, it didn't take me long to figure out that that was not the best area to be, kind of maybe surprising to, it was to me, to others, but, you know, really that area was all about selling an investment product, a mutual fund. It didn't feel like I was really helping others build well. I often say I was saved by uh, software where I went to work for a startup and just fell in love with technology. Uh, disrupting old established ways of doing things. And throughout my career, really was working in uh, software in uh, the fintech space, in payments and enterprise payments. And uh, eventually, uh, three years ago, launched this company, uh, TribeVest, which is an online platform, an online collaboration and banking platform designed to help investor groups do more, you know, achieve more than you would or could on your own together. And uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride, but right where I'm supposed to be. I love that. And uh, one, I just kind of love your story about how, you know, it's very relatable to many people out there. You know, you thought like the true path was to go work for an employer and do this thing, right? Kind of like what we're all taught growing up you get to that point and you realize, well, it's not exactly what I thought it was. And you wanted to venture off on your own. 
And through those challenges, you kind of recognize some hurdles that many other people face, right? And that is, you know, how do you do this entrepreneurship thing on your own? And how do you fund things and all these challenges that come with going out on your own? So talk about those challenges and then how you've kind of brought a solution from your own trials and tribulations to others out there facing those same kind of times. Yeah, I mentioned, you know, launching TribeVest a few years ago, but the origin story goes back and, you know, the initial problem we were trying to overcome goes back all the way to the, you know, the last financial crisis and, you know, Great Recession. We all had good jobs. I'm talking about my brothers and I, we were actually on a fishing trip and I joke, but I'm not really joking that it was, it's one that we couldn't afford at the time. but you know, it was very similar to when we got together, we always talked about, you know, uh, we should be going into business with each other. You know, we should be doing real estate. And what was driving those conversations, I think, was just this human yearning for financial freedom and wealth and what comes with it. But at that time, it was really magnified by we were seeing our friends, our uncles and others getting laid off. And here that promise of, you know, go to school, get a good job, you know, and retire and die gracefully uh, just didn't seem to be adding up. So the conversation got more urgent. It was like, man, we have to, it's more out of survival that we need to figure out a way to build wealth and not be so dependent, you know, yeah, dependent on the paycheck. And so, and we always saw real estate as a way to hack wealth without having to give up our day jobs. But as you know, Jacob, you know, there's certain barriers of entry to get into real estate. And that's, you know, capital, certainly, know-how. We didn't come from a family that invested in real estate. None of us had really done it. And then you needed a network. You need to know like how to find the right deals and, and navigate. And we didn't have any of that. And at the time there weren't podcasts like yours. There weren't these communities out there. So like how did we find all those things, the capital, the know-how, and the network? And we kind of said, listen, let's leverage our most valuable asset that we have right now, which was us, our trust that we had in each other and our faith that we had in each other. And that's when we had our breakthrough. We said, listen, let's, we don't have the capital invest in real estate now, but if we each put in $500 each a month, which was a stretch for us at the time, but it was $500 a month, $2,000 a month between the four of us, $24,000 over a year. And within a year, we had our first deal. And then the second deal, as you know, just why real estate is such a beautiful asset class is because you can leverage it and just all the other benefits that come with it. So one investment led to another, led to another. And now we look back at our multi-million dollar portfolio and we realized that by forming and funding that investor tribe, we secured a future we could have never dreamed of. But we would have never got there if it wasn't for this tribe mentality of, you know, let's come together and do it. We didn't have the money. We didn't have the guts on our own. <laughs> so together we did, though. Yeah, so much you just said there, Travis, resonates with the audience members of the show and myself alike. You know, we're many of us were kind of born with this blueprint to go to school, get a good education, further your education, get a good job. And then you find yourself at that point. And it's then you start thinking about your next step. And you realize you've kind of been 
push down this system to that point, right? And you think, well, maybe this is not what I want. And it is so hard to kind of reverse from that point or change paths to the point of entrepreneurship, right? And there's so many hurdles and it can be complicated to start building that side hustle or become the full-time entrepreneur you want to be or build the financial life you want to be. And you mentioned a couple things, which are the foundations of this show, which are financial freedom and wealth the real estate way to wealth and freedom, right? So those are the two foundations of this podcast. And I love that you bring those up, but it's not a simple point to get to. And you figured out how to do that by leveraging other people's experience, capital, pulling together your resources. And that is ultimately the benefit of real estate investing, right? So many people can go out and save to a point and save their discretionary income and buy that first property, but they're always going to be capped by what they can do financially on their on their own. And so once yeah, you start yeah. bringing people together, that's where you can really, you know, kind of harness the power of scale and growth and uh, you know, leveraging other people's experience and time. So, yeah, what do you think about that? Well said. Uh, you nailed it. It really is this powerful approach that you know, we didn't invent. Like we did not invent investor groups or investor tribes, right? They've been around for a long time in terms of, you know, a great way to finance and to get over certain barriers of entry or of capital. But, you know, we've streamlined it, right? Like we've made it super easy. We've curated everything you need. We've made it 10 times easier and a 10th the cost than if you did it out on your own. And the real benefit is, you know, what you just said. It's, even before you do your first deal, I think this was the aha for me. Even before we did our first deal, by committing and forming that investor tribe, we secured our first deal. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like, hey, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow at 5.30 and work out, and I can just tell you that. And But when my alarm goes off at 4.30, you know, I have some choices. I can take. <laughs> got away, right? Right. But if I say, no, no, Jacob, you and I are going to make an agreement right now. I'm going to meet you at that gym at 5.30. You better bet I'll be there, right? There's, that, there's right. that social contract that we've made together that absolutely guarantees this will happen. So anyway, I think, you know, that's the other kind of piece of this. By just getting started, how do you start? Well, you start with your first deal. Yeah, but even before that, how do you start? And you talk, you hear about people cashing out their 401ks, you know, you know, doing all these kind of crazy things to get there. And it's not like, I don't think they're not smart. Like, I think whatever it takes to get into real estate is probably the right answer within reason. But a way easier path for us was this, listen, let's come together and start pulling capital between three of us, four of us, five of us seven of us, you know, 10 of us, you know, how fast can we get to our first investment or next investment? Travis, I know you talk about dreaming together increases one's odds more than just twofold, right? So it's kind of that concept of one plus one equals three. So if you team up with just one other person, you don't just double your chances of achievement and success. You triple them, quadruple them, 10x them, right? So. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, there's some science to that math. But I think everybody kind of recognizes, and again, just using that I'll meet you at the gym mentality, there's returns in collaboration, right? Anytime you're collaborating with somebody 
and making a social contract with each other, it's your chances of achieving whatever it is you're collaborating on go way up, way up. Now, you talk about investing with other people, pulling your capital and resources together is the great equalizer. And what that allows people to do is have opportunities that weren't previously available to them, right? Now they can go out instead of with their $500 a month, they have access to $2,000 a month, right? $24,000 a year. Maybe they can go buy that larger investment property or go to that extra market that they weren't able to or whatever that may be. So then it allows them to start, you know, making that kind of great equalizers, you call it. And I like that. It really is. You know, I look back and I was, again, like so many listening to this show, I had that aha moment where that promise or that blueprint that you talked about earlier just didn't add up. I just was never going to get to that point where I found financial freedom on the current path I was on, on that blueprint. And in real estate is beautiful because it really is the most accessible, accessible for us. But it doesn't mean that it's easy because I say accessible because really anybody in this country, if they put their mind to it, they could get in and be a real estate investor. I really believe that. So you have to have a certain amount of passion behind it and resilience and confidence. And, you know, but even as, if it is the best path and the most accessible, it's super hard to do it. And I, I spent years before I formed that tribe, I really did spend years kind of thinking about how could I save enough on my own? And I would get deflated because I'm like, man, I'm like probably three years before I could do something on my own. Or, you know, having to think about, I had, I had a family, you know, did I want to cash out my 401k? It just didn't feel like the right want, right thing to do. So there's other ways of getting to that capital. But to me, if you have a tribe and you think about that, that's like the most valuable thing you could have relationships, right? Like what's more valuable than relationships? And so how do you leverage your relationships and forming an investor tribe is an incredible way to do it and a wonderful equalizer for those people that already have money. You know, that idea of, uh, you know, the rich keep getting richer because they have capital. <laughs> yeah, right. What if you're not rich yet? You know, so, you know, it helps you get to that point where you can level the playing field and start to participate in these deals. And as you know, it just starts to, you know, be a beautiful thing about real estate. It just keeps adding, you know, just, you can really build momentum with it. The hardest thing is getting started when you're trying to take that leap of faith to become an entrepreneur or part-time real estate investor or whatever that looks like for you. There are so many hurdles. Capital is certainly one of them, but there's just the fear of doing that deal, burning those ships. You know, like you mentioned, an example of, you know, borrowing from your 401k or, you know, whatever you have to do to make that jump. That itself comes with a certain level of fear and risk. I know I've been there myself, but if you have that tribe of people around you who are in, in that kind of path and that trajectory with you, that also provides another level of resource and kind of a benefit to you as well, just beyond the capital component. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that entrepreneurial drive, I think that's in all of us. I think, you know, in this modern age, it's a little bit of our, you know, just human spirit in this yearning that we have for freedom and controlling our own futures. And I think that's encapsulated in being an entrepreneur. And you talked about, you know, 
we kind of have these visions of what entrepreneurs are and they're big risk takers and, you know, they have just this supreme confidence. And it's not like most, you talk to entrepreneurs like yourself, we don't have that. And what we find is, and there's even studies out there that in fact, entrepreneurs aren't huge risk takers. They're very calculated in how they do this. And so for us, you know, our ultimate dream was to be completely independent, not having to worry about a paycheck or our employer. But a nice first step was, you know, real estate and forming this tribe. It, it did scratch that entrepreneurial itch we had and showed us we could do it. So it was just a nice intermediate step that, you know, really opened our eyes. Like by, when we took that step, we realized that we're not on another planet, right? And, it's, and so before, until you take that step, Sometimes it's hard to relate and hard to think about, well, can I do this? Yeah, certainly. I saw this quote recently, Travis, and it said something along the lines of an entrepreneur is someone willing to work 80 hours a week for themselves to not have to work 40 hours a week for someone else. I think that sums it up perfectly. (laughs) No doubt, you know, and, and be happy to do it. You know, it's so funny. Never worked harder in my life, but never been happier too. There's just something to it. Let's talk about your story, Travis, when you're kind of making that transition from, you know, working for someone else to going out on your own. What did that transition look like for you? Were you still working in, say, you know, quote unquote, the corporate world while building your side hustles? What did that process and transition look like for you? Because that's where many people find the hardest part of that transition. Yeah. You know, you mentioned burning the ships. I think to be a full-fledged entrepreneur and there is this element of burning the ships, right? You take if we're going to take the island, we better we're going to burn the ships. And but I have kind of a much different take on this, and that you can burn those ships gradually. And as I just had mentioned, you know, forming this tribe with my brothers and putting in that five hundred dollars a month was one way of gradually taking that step. One way of gradually, you know, making a burning part of a ship or one of the ships. And so, you know, with that mentality, you know, we just continue to put money in. So even after our first deal, and to this day, we're still putting in $500 a month. And then we invested a little bit more time. Like, well, should we go from a single family to a multifamily? And that felt like a little, another step towards more freedom and being a true entrepreneur. And then we started to get into other types of deals and ventures. It just started to really snowball to the point where we actually had a business where we did have some freedom. And it even carried on to launching TribeVest. We've been around for a couple of years now, but I think you know, we, I was really starting to get into a position to launch TribeVest probably five years ago. And I started to tell my friends that I was going to do it. And I said, when I'm going to leave my day job where I was making incredible money and then, you know, I was at my, what I thought was my destination dream job. And I told people I was going to leave that job in, in a number of months. So it was just this kind of going out there and letting the world know that this is where you're going is kind of a little bit of that social contract idea too. If you tell people you're going to do it, then you kind of hold yourself accountable to do it. For sure. I like two things you said there, kind of telling yourself that you're going to do it right in three years, I'm going to be at this point or I'm going to start doing this thing or I'll be at whatever point it is. And then telling others that same thing, right? So you're kind of like creating that social contract, slowly burning the ships as you call it. And that's kind of like a 
mental kind of burning the ships, if you will, right? Yeah, like met- thinking- yeah, metaphor for your brain saying, hey, you just did commit a little bit more. Yeah, because realistically, you can't go out buy one single family home with three other people and then, aha, you know, you're magically financially free and you can quit your day job. It doesn't quite work like that, right? So you've kind of got to build that up over time. And that's what many people listening to this show are doing, I'm sure. For sure. Well said. Well, let's talk about some of the hurdles that come and the pitfalls that come with investing with your friends and family because there's such a big stigma about doing that. I know I've personally done it in my own life and it's worked great, but other times I hear horror stories about, you know, partnering with friends and family. Talk about that aspect of things. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that. You're right. Almost as long as we've heard stranger equals danger, we've heard, you know, don't invest with friends and family. And that, you know, what's funny is when you talk to successful people like you, Jacob, and everybody else out there, if you ask them, they'll tell you, no, 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 partner with people you know, like, and trust. And those are your friends and family. And so there's definitely a stigma out there. We feel pretty fortunate that Uber and Airbnb kind of tackled even bigger, scarier stigmas, which is stranger equals danger. Think about that. I mean, before Uber and Airbnb, the idea of inviting a you know, stranger into your car or jumping into a stranger's car without you know, knowing who they were sounded ridiculous. And then this idea of staying in someone's house or them staying in your house. And really what's happened is technology. You know, technology has made it super simple to get to a certain level of trust and comfort to do commerce with strangers, really. And so the idea of doing business with friends and family just got a little bit more easy. And TriVest, we're just proud to be the first platform out there that's committed to the relationship. You know, one of our things is, is like, so you and your team can focus on the fun stuff, the, the deals. Try best really makes sure that you're keeping your priorities, you know, keeping the relationship the priority. You know, more valuable than any real estate asset is those relationships. And so Try best provides this neutral third party, which is so key, right? To have a neutral third party. We help you with best practices. You know, when when we first started to think about TriBest, we had to ask ourselves, gosh, what would we have done differently than we did, you know, when we first launched our first tribe 12 years ago? And the answer is a lot. But the main one was, hey, before you go into business with anybody, make sure you're aligned on expectations, rules, goals, your vision, you know, all those things. And then make sure you talk about the what ifs which, you know, is uncomfortable. You don't want to talk about the yeah. money. <laughs> and I think that there's the biggest mistake that friends and family have is they think they don't have to, right? Because yeah. they know each other so well and, you know, their bond is so strong. But that's the exact reason why you want to have those conversations. And so what TriBest does is we make it so you have that conversation and, through a third party. And, you know, you can say what your goals are and expectations are and what the rules are. And then everybody else kind of talks about or has their way of saying what their preferences are. And at the end, you kind of say, hey, are we aligned here? Because if we are, let's do it. But if not, you know, it's not worth it. 
So those are the things that TriBest really helps with to qualify if you should. So a good way to avoid problems in the future is to, you know, to make sure you're talking about those things up front. I love what you said about investing with people who you know, like, and trust, whether those are family members, close family, friends, whoever that looks like. I think that's an important quality or qualities to look for in a possible tribe, if you will. And then that really decreases all of that possible uncertainty around misalignment around goals and vision and things like that. But as soon as you have that alignment, now you've kind of got the perfect team surrounding yourself, ready to take on whatever it is that's ahead of you, right? That's right on. And just so so critical, you know, people you know, like, and trust, they have similar aspirations, right? And you know that like that's also important. They have similar views of the world. And those are good potential tribe members to your tribe. And then tribe best, you know, the other thing that we do, right, is we take the burden off what I call as the founder or what we call as the founder. So, you know, every group, and you think about this with your friends, right? If it was in college or whatever, you always had one friend that kind of organized things and you know, made the party happen. That glue person. <laughs> the glue, yeah, the glue guy, right? And so in this case, this is the founder of the group. And, you know, they're the ones that get it. They're like, man this makes sense. In fact, we've even talked about this before, but we've never done it. And you start to think about, well, why have we never done this? And the answer is because a pretty big burden falls on that founder. You know, they have to kind of pitch and sell the idea. They have to get everybody kind of signed up. And then like logistically, you know, can we open up a escrow account and start to pull capital together? Do we need to file an LLC? What about our operating agreement? Can we open up a business bank account and actually start transacting together? And those are the things that TribeVest has you know, completely streamlined and it's all on an online platform. So what was kind of, all those things on their own aren't kind of overwhelming, but when you start to add them up and all the coordinating that needs to go on, it does get overwhelming and unfortunately, the reason why a lot of tribes never get started. So TribeVest is a you know super simple way of handling all those administrative things that are key to you know getting your investor tribe up and running, pulling capital and transacting together. Yeah, just the burden of all those little things that you're not exactly sure how to tackle, how to handle, the best way to deal with are those things that prevent people from ever getting started, right? Just those little things that can easily be solved. It's just, you don't know where to start. It sounds overwhelming, like you said, and you hate to see that prevent somebody from, you know, building the life of their dreams because, you know, you've got things like TribeVest that can help people out with all those things. Then you can focus on the things that you're good at in return. Yeah. And you think about it, it's not too surprising that that's a reason why a lot of tribes don't get started. Because most of those people do have those full-time jobs, right? And you start to think about, man, you know, how, do I, how do I pull this all together? And what is that investment? And so even these people with the most motivations and intentions, sometimes it gets lost and tribes don't get started. So anyway, technology is the key. And it's a golden age for entrepreneurship and real estate entrepreneurship. And we're just happy tribeses contributing to helping people enable and empower to do things they wouldn't or couldn't on their own. 
Yeah, sure. Well, Travis, I'm about to dive into some waters that are probably a little over my head. I'm no fintech expert by any stretch of the imagination, but the way I understand it is in 2012, the Jobs Act was passed, and that really changed the way a lot of people were able to be granted access to new deals and be able to invest in private transactions. And this is kind of a follow-on of some of those trickle-down effects of that Jobs Act. Is that fair and correct? It is. I mean, yes. So the Jobs Act was really a significant legislation that gave access to deals to a lot of us that didn't have access to those deals. So now you can, you know, what, what it's enabled is these kind of bigger deals that were syndicates and you had to have $100,000 to get into, you know, $50,000 to get into, $100,000 to get into. Be accredited a, too, right? And accredited, absolutely. That was a big thing. And the key there though is you're still a passive investor and that's okay. And a lot of our tribes are actually coming together and investing in those syndicates that I just talked about from a more traditional manner, you know, so now they can reach those syndicates. And then they're also using these crowdfunding platforms where they only have to invest $5,000, $10,000 to get into those deals. So we're like a huge fan of the Jobs Act and you know what it's meant for giving access to all of us. I'll just point out you know, a distinction between our model and that model is our, our tribes are forming an LLC where they're actually the owners, right? And ownership is just so important. And you think about like, well, what am I investing in? And I, when I talked about, you know, cementing the future, and I just talked to one of our customers, they said, well, we've only pulled together $15,000, which is incredible. But Travis, I already feel like an investor because it means they hadn't done their first deal yet. Yeah. I said, Mike, you are an investor. You're a part owner of your investor tribe business and LLC. You own 25% of that. And that was kind of a click and an aha for him. He's like, oh my gosh, I do. I own this company that is going to invest in real estate in the future. And I have capital putting into that business. And so anyway, it's just, I think the point I'm trying to make is, and some of those crowdsourcing opportunities, which you don't have to be an accredited investor, you can invest at a much lower capital point, a barrier of mm-hmm. entry. Like we love that. But what we love about TriBest is you actually are forming a business and you're a business owner. And now you're active in that. So you think about your four partners, your five partners, you're actually members of the board. You know, you're members of a board making decisions on what to invest in. And so when people get that, they're like, yeah, I already am an investor. I, you know, I already am a business owner. So anyway, yeah. I'm really glad you brought up the Jobs Act. I think it really changed the landscape and the narrative out there. And it's really opened up the door and inspired so many of us to take that step towards real estate. Yeah, well, that's the most I'll talk about the Jobs Act because like I said, a little over my head there, that's about as far as I can talk to it. But you know, in the world of real estate investing, this tribe that you speak of is what we would call a joint venture in the world of real estate investing, right? You pull together, you know, one, two, three, five people's capital resources, and you all actively have a part in that business venture, whether that's buying a duplex or a small apartment building or a business or whatever that looks like. 
everybody's kind of got an active management role and an equity stake in that. So that's really important to distinguish there too, I feel. Yeah, you know, JV is like kind of the acronym and absolutely very very similar to those arrangements, right? And not that TriBest isn't that, but, you know, those are very deal or venture specific. And a lot of our tribes, that's what they're doing. They're coming together for a very specific deal. And then a lot of our tribes are looking at this as, no, 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 I want a business and I want business partners. And it becomes this entity in which they invest in lots of deals, deals they don't even know that don't even exist. You know, they're deals in the future. So uh, TriVest is being used for both applications. Yeah, that's another great thing about TriVest. And just as you peel the onions back from this thing or the layers of the onion, if you will, to be more metaphorically correct there, there's so many things that one can do when you've got a tool like TriVest. You know, you can begin to dip your toes in the world of entrepreneurship and, you know, starting those side hustles, doing those things you've always thought of, but, you know, have always had some reason or another to prevent you. So I love that you guys have given access to people just like that are listening to this podcast right now, the ability to go out and do just that. That's awesome. No doubt. No doubt. Well, Travis, as we're wrapping up here, we like to end every episode with a lightning round. Just a series of questions will fire at you. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Bring it. All right. The first question in the lightning round is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what did you do to overcome that? Simple one, right? Uh, Capital know-how and network. I didn't have any of those things. Didn't come up in money. Didn't come up with uh, somebody teaching me how to do real estate. So those were all huge barriers of entry for me. And you heard the story. I mean, forming my tribe solved all those challenges. And so, yeah, I overcame it with my investor tribe. Yeah, totally agree. Well, Travis, do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day-to-day obviously excluding TriVest. That's number one for you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, number one online resource, you know, I do appreciate the community at Bigger Pockets. I think it's a wonderful network and uh, have met a lot of great people on there that are now business partners. So I think that's probably the most helpful real estate app out there that I've seen. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. Well, Travis, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? You know, this is one that like is the only one I know of that's like guaranteed to work for everybody. So I go with it. Meditation changed my life. You know, once I learned how to do it and there is kind of this art and work that you actually have to put into becoming good at meditating. I know that sounds funny, but you know, I meditate every morning. In fact, it's not just meditation. It's counting my gratitudes, a vision, a prayer, and then a deep uh, meditation. I'll do all those things in about 40 minutes every morning. And it's hard to kind of connect that to this success or that success. But I just know that it's the habit that changed my life the most. Yeah, I love that. I totally agree. It's got a lot of intangible benefits to it. I personally like to use Headspace, a guided meditation app, because Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that needs a little help with that still. (laughs) No doubt. Awesome tools out there now to do it. I I kind of had to do it by reading books or trying to figure it out. And it took a while. So now those are great tools out there to take steps towards meditation success. Well, Travis, what book would you recommend to the audience members and why? 
I've kind of gone with a couple different answers on this one recently, but I'll just go back to a classic one of Mindset by Carol Dweck. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I think more important than anything tactically, and tactics are really important, but I think even before that, it's getting the right mindset. And I think the big surprise for me when I read that book was I was going to read it to confirm that I was a growth mindset. And I had an abundance mindset. And what I learned is that it's true. I was a growth mindset on some things. And it really helped me become aware that I was a set, a fixed mindset on others. And by becoming aware of that, it helped me identify that and start to work on becoming a growth mindset in all things. Yeah, great. That's Mindset by Carol Dweck. We'll link that book in the show notes for audience members to pick up if they're interested. Last question in the lightning round, Travis, if you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started in investing in real estate, what would you tell 20-year-old Travis? You know, I would sit down and first of all, I would form my tribe way earlier. But that aside, I would have told myself just how awesome real estate is and why. And I think like for a while there, and you think about where I came from, which was stocks and bonds. It's very transactional, very black and white, and you buy and it's based on value at that moment. And then what do you sell it for later? And that was just, uh, most of us have that mindset when you think of kind of this traditional investing. And so when you start to consider real estate, it's a whole different ballgame. There's uh, levers and knobs, there's levers to pull and knobs to turn, there's appreciation, there's cash flow. There's tax benefits, you know, there's the ability to leverage. And then what happens over time is, you know, you have skin in the game and there's something out there about having skin in the game that increases your chance of success. And so all those things, and there's a lot I just cooked in there. So I'd have to sit down with my 20 year old (laughs) self for at least a couple hours, but I would love to have known that way earlier on. It took me a long time to figure all that out. That's great. Well, Travis, hey, it's been so much fun talking with you here on the podcast. If there's anybody out there that's wanting to learn more about how they could possibly build their own tribe and where they could go for more information and resources, where's the best place for them to do that at? So you can go to tribevest.com, T-R-I-B-E-V-E-S-T.com. And you can sign up and register right on our homepage. Uh, But I would suggest this. You can reach me on the contacts or you can email me at Travis at tribevest.com or inside the app, you could chat with one of our tribe advisors and let them know that you listen to this and I'd love to give you a free concierge service. So our whole platform is free, by the way, and I can talk about how we make money and everything else, but you can get started, you know, for absolutely for free and there's upgrading to different levels of service. And so, but if you listen to this interview between Jacob and I, I'd love to offer you a free upgrade and a concierge service and to be able to demo and walk you through the platform. So please just reach out to me, email Travis at tribebest.com or the contact us or the chat feature on the platform. Great. Thanks so much for that, Travis. So that's tribebest.com. We'll link that in the show notes. If you go there, subscribe through the contact page or sign up through the contact page. Let Travis know you heard about 
this through this podcast, you get a free concierge upgrade there. So thanks so much for that, Travis. Hey, it's been so much fun talking with you. As we're wrapping up here, is there any parting piece of advice that you would like to leave with the audience members? Yeah, and I think it's right in tune with your thinking too, Jacob. And that's, you know, people ask me, you know, what was the most important step in your tribe investing in your real estate journey? And without a doubt, it's the first step, the first step. And take that first step, whatever that looks like for you, take that first step. And by being in the ownership class and the ownership society, you change your life. And real estate is a tremendous vehicle to do that. You'll change your life and you'll change your trajectory. So take that first step, whatever it is. If it's forming your tribe, great. But if it's something else, fine. I mean, perfect. Whatever it is, do it. Take that first step. I love it. Entrepreneur, investor, leader of TribeVest himself, Travis Smith. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Had an absolute blast, Jacob. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.